Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. Honor the Lord with his word this morning. Let's stay standing in, in honor of that. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women went to the tomb, bringing their spices, which they had prepared to finish anointing the body. And they found the large circular stone rolled back from the tomb. But when they went inside, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Okay. I don't know why you came to church. You might have came, you know, because it's like Christian prom. This is the time of the year when you go to church and you, you're best dressed and you get pictures and you hunt eat Easter eggs and bunnies. But I'm just here to tell you we're here this morning because we're celebrating a Savior that paid the ultimate penalty for you and I. Death was arrested. So I'm going to invite you one more time. I, I hate it that, you know, we go to a Cowboys game or watch our kids perform and whatever they do. And we act like a wild Comanche, but then we come to the house of the Lord and we act like a wooden Indian. Come on, how many of y'all know the price that Jesus paid for you and I? No grandpappy's pappy pappy could pay that penalty of what he did for you and me. There we go. There we go. So I'm going to read it one more time. This is verse 3. You get two chances. God gives you more than that, but not me. All right? He says... But when they went inside, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Come on, give me praise this morning. Come on, he's worthy. It says, while they were perplexed and wondering about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothing stood near them. This is angels. And as the women were terrified, were bowing their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why are you looking for the living one among the dead? My question to you this morning, and this is the title of my message, why are you looking for the living one amongst the dead? It's 2023. It's time to start looking for live things in your life. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men and be crucified on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and after returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven. Pastor, isn't this wrong? Is this a typo? There was 12. I saw the painting. Remember, Judas has died because if he portrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, he took his own life. It says, to the 11 apostles and to all the rest. Now when Mary Magdalene and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, the Mary of mother of James, also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles, but their report seemed to them like idle talk and nonsense and they would not believe them. But verse says, but Peter. I don't know about you, but I love Peter. No, I like Peter. One reason I like Peter is because he carries a knife. Peter's a cowboy. If you don't know the story, he cuts off some dude's ear for Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'd cut off some dude's ear for Jesus. Amen. It says, but Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping at the small entrance and looking in. He saw only the linen wrappings, and he went away, wondering about what had happened. Will you go with me in prayer? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this text, God. We celebrate today that you're no longer amongst the dead, but you're alive. Lord, we thank you that you are alive. You are alive. And Lord, you make dead places in our life come to life. And Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord. What a representation of you that on this Easter Sunday that moisture was brought to this land. And we say, God, thank you for the rain. Lord, through that, dead things will come to life. We thank you for more that's on its way. But God, we give you glory for it, that you are answering our cry and answering our prayer. Lord, I just pray that today for those that are in the room that may not even want to be here. Grandma invited them, and they felt like they were supposed to be here. Lord, I pray that you speak to their heart today, that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear the gospel, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, well, look at your neighbor and say, you need this word this morning. Look at your other person, look at another person and say, I'm sorry, but you were my second choice. 
All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? If anybody needs seats, I got some right up here in the front row. I'll be preaching and spitting right on you, but you, you're free to sit here, all right? Praise God. Well, first of all, happy Easter Sunday, and I'm so excited to see lots of people in here we hadn't seen in time. And I just want to go ahead and tell you, I know this is crazy, but we have church every single Sunday morning. I know it's nuts, but uh, hey, I want to invite you in advance to come back next Sunday and, and, and be with us. And, uh, but I, before I get started and go in the text of starting to break this down in Luke 24, I want to tell you this. I believe God has a word for each and every one of you today. And I believe if you lean in, you will taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. Uh, how many of y'all, how, have you ever had a day that didn't go as planned? Let me see a show of hands. All right, we got a bunch of liars in the room. I already see what I'm working with here. Listen, I've had those mornings. Uh, the, uh, I always set my coffee pot uh, to go off in the, you know, when I wake up. So, so I just walk in there and it's ready to go. I have it set for like 4.30 depending on when I wake up. But at least I have hot coffee when I walk in. And the night before catch, he's like his daddy. He got hungry and he made a hot pocket in the middle of the night. Well, he... He, he got a little extra with it. And it got a little hot in there. Well, it blew a fuse. Well, we didn't know this, so I got in there. I wasn't mad about the fuse. I wasn't mad that there was a burnt place inside the microwave. Brandy was mad about that. I was mad that it tur- the same fuse was to the coffee pot, and I didn't have coffee when I first woke up. All right? I, I was mad about that. I was literally, how many of y'all know on the sixth day, God said he created the coffee bean? And so I, uh, I was like, get thee behind me, Satan, from right out the gate. I was, I was, how, how many of y'all, come on, how many of y'all are having a bad day right now? Just go ahead and be honest with you, all right? We got enough, uh, still some more liars in the room. Because uh, we were, you know, we have, we have three kids to get ready in the morning time. And, uh, and I, you know, everybody was grouchy. You know, it's kind of overcast and things like that. And finally, I went in there. I said, it is Resurrection Sunday. You put a smile on your face, and we are going to praise Jesus in the house of God. Come on, am I the only one that literally had to wreck shop in the car on the way to church? If y'all don't get it together, I'm going to beat you in the church parking lot. People are going to get it on YouTube that the, the pastor beats his kids, but YouTube, you ought to know that. I do whip my children, and I'm proud of it. Praise the Lord. But uh, it, you just, you have those days. How many of y'all know those days when, when you're like, uh, you're, you're already late, and you're in a hurry, and the devil you know the adversary, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know the devil who I'm talking about, the Satan. What he does is, is he deploys bad drivers into the earth. You know what I'm talking about? Like, do you know the right foot is for the gas and the left one's for the brake? Let's, let's be more to the right side than the left side. That means in more than one area, praise the Lord. But I, more, and so... How many of y'all have ever, I, I talked about this I, the other day at the beginning of the year, uh, Brandy was gone or something, and so I was cooking, so we went to Raising Cane's. And so I'm in line, and we only had, we had to get to a practice, like 30 minutes, and so I go through the line there, and the person in front of me cannot figure out what he wants to order from Raising Cane's. I'm like, you get chicken or you get chicken? What's kicking? You know, whatever they say when you go through the deal. And he's like, he's hum-hawing around, and I'm like, literally, three, five, or seven, just tell the lady which one you want. But how many of y'all know, it's like the Bible says somewhere in here that the enemy deploys stupidity out into the earth when you're in a hurry. You know, it's, it, uh, you know thinking about that, I mean, if you're going to go through the line at McDonald's, you already know they've been making hamburgers for a thousand years. You either want plastic or plastic with cheese. So you might, you might as well know before you go. But my whole point is this. We all have those bad days. We have those days where you just want to start over. When you say, how many of y'all have ever been in those moments before? All right, I'm just going to go back to bed. Nobody mess with me. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to set reset. We'll try this all over again. How many of y'all ever want to do that? You walk into the office place and like all y'all have lost your minds. I'm going back to bed. And you know, as I was thinking about this, I, I think about Easter morning, and I think about resurrection here. 
As I read this story in Luke chapter 24, as much as I want to bend it to the way I'm thinking, but as I look at this, they were perplexed that Jesus was gone. Easter morning didn't go as planned. You know, just like today, thank God for the rain. But on the way here, listen, in the past years, we, uh, um, except for that year of COVID in 2020, it was super freezing. But over the last few years, it's been really nice where kids could go outside and have all kinds of different activities. But on the way to church, we're having to make adjustments of like, OMG, but uh, of what we're going to do with these kids. And so I feel that. And so as I look at Luke 24, we may think that it was exciting that Jesus is raised from the dead. But these ladies were perplexed, the Bible says. It was a morning that was shifted totally different from what they thought they were going to have. Because I want you to think about this. They took spices, not believing in the resurrection. Because right before this, a week before, if you were here Friday night, I said a lot can happen in a week. How many of y'all know a lot can happen in a week? Whether it be good or whether it be bad, a lot can happen in 24 hours. Right? And so they had watched Jesus, the one who they had spent all, all, all this time with, how he had he, he would been ministering away from Jerusalem. And the Bible says in the book of Mark that he fixed his eyes upon Jerusalem. And it was the triumphal entry, all four gospels, the harmony of the gospel tells this story of how he rides in on Jerusalem during the time of Passover, riding on a donkey. The Bible in Mark, it tells us this, that he didn't come to serve. uh, He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. He was on the lowly beast of burden is what the Bible says in Isaiah. And he rides into town and all of Jerusalem and all the Jews, they begin to say, Hosanna in the highest, come and save us. Not just to save their lives, but to save them from the oppression of the Romans. And as he looks at his eyes on, on Jerusalem, he knows the ultimate price that he's about to pay. In fact, he's warned them of this, of what he's going to do, of how then he would go to the upper room and he has what we see the picture of the Last Supper of how he's with those 12 disciples. And he says, this is the cup of the new covenant that I'm, I'm giving to you and this is my body that will be broken for you. And then in John 14, 15, and 16, have you ever thought about the last words you would tell somebody? I tell you, the last words of Jesus are some of the best because he said, I may be going away, but I'm going to send a helper in my place to help you. How many of y'all thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? So then the Bible says he goes away into, as a custom of what he would do. He went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He's got Peter, James, and John over here. They're falling asleep. The Bible says he's so overwhelmed with what he's about to go through that he sweat drops of blood. He, in fact, he told the Lord, he said, take this cup from me in fact uh, also too it's, it's so he's in the garden of Gethsemane here comes Malchus with a band of soldiers there's three to six hundred men with Judas leading the way and he says this is he and and you know the whole story of how Malchus goes to arrest him and Peter cuts his ear off and now Malchus he lays hands on him and his heel his ear is made whole we don't know whether he picked up the old ear or he got a brand new one the fact of the matter is is he was made whole but still after the healing Malchus leads him as uh, Isaiah says as a lamb led to the slaughter he takes him before Caiaphas the people the 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 religious leaders right there into the Sanhedrin. The Bible says they spit on him. They beat him. They accused him of things that he didn't do. And then they took him before Pilate. Pilate being the governor of Jerusalem or the, the governor of, of, of the land. And he, said, he asked me, he said, are you this king of the Jews? Jesus doesn't answer. He asked him again, are you this king of the Jews? Jesus doesn't answer. He asked him again, are you this king of the Jews? He still doesn't answer. And in Jewish law, if you didn't answer three times, you were automatically guilty. But he still had grace. He said, are you this king of the Jews? And he said, I am he. He said, I find no fault in this man. So he sends him to Herod. He said, oh, you're from Galilee? So he sends him to Galilee. Where Herod is over that, Herod begins to make fun of him because he won't perform before him. And so then he takes him back to to Pilate. Pilate finally washes his hands. He gives him Barabbas. You know the story. And the same people that said, Hosanna in the highest said, crucify him. So then from there, he has the, the, the... cat of nine tails across his back and if you know anything about the romans the best thing that they knew how to do was torture people and every strike of that blow would rip flesh from his back with having nerves nerves ending sticking out everywhere around it all of this time thinking of you and me and then what he would do was have a crown of thorns put on his head they put a royal robe around him they they called him the king of the jews mocking him in his face ripping that robe back off of him where it mixed with the blood and ripping the flesh right off his back 
They put the, the crossbar of the cross on him where he would carry it for miles to that place at Calvary. Simon of Cyrene comes in and helps him, and then they nail his hands, they nail his feet, and he says this at the end of it, it is finished. Come on, aren't you thankful that we have a Savior that said it is finished? That's the Greek word telelestai, and if you were here Friday night, I talked about what that meant. It meant four different things in the Jewish culture. Or amongst the Greeks, it meant this. First of all, if you're a master over a slave and you ask him to do a task and he comes back and he said, tell a less die, he meant, I did exactly what you called me to do. How many of y'all know in John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but through him we might be saved. He said, it is finished, tell a less die. I've done the task that you've asked me to do. When he said it is finished, it also meant in the Old Testament when a, Greek, when, a, when a high priest would go inside the Holy of Holies and he would make atonement and kill a spotless lamb before uh, in the Holy of Holies, atonement of sins to be laid out for the whole country. He would walk out before all the people and he'd say, die. it is finished. The price has been paid. Telelestai also meant in that culture, if you owed somebody a debt, when you came back to him with the money of the last dollar that you owed him, the last dollar you would put in his, he said, he would say, Telelestai, my debt is paid in full. How many of y'all know our debt has been paid in full because of what Jesus did for us? But there was a fourth meaning. Fourth meaning was this, was when a king became a ruler of a nation, what he would do is when he went up before all of the people, he would say this, now he is the new one in command. He would say, telelestai. It was the end of one era, and it's now the beginning of a new one. How many of y'all know when Jesus died on the cross because of the precious blood of Jesus? We're no longer under the old covenant, but now we're under a new covenant. Come on, who's thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning? So what they saw, what these ladies had saw Jesus go through for us was over the top. And now they're taking these spices, not believing in the resurrection. I want to tell you, whether you've been a believer for a long time, or maybe you're new to all this, maybe you're just visiting and you're not even serving God, but you're here because somebody invited you. I want to tell you, no matter what position or class of people that you are, the grave represents the same things to all of us. The grave represents loss. Who in here has ever stood over a grave of loss before? Now, I'm not just talking about people because I believe that's one of them, the loss of a loved one, of someone that we cherished and they were gone way too early. But also, I believe the grave means, uh, the grave of loss means maybe it's a loss of innocence. Maybe there's somebody in here that your innocence was taken from you Maybe from a loved one, maybe it was from a coach or a teacher or whatever it was. The fact of the matter is, I want you to know this, that was not your fault. Don't let shame, guilt, or condemnation come on you. But the fact of the matter is this, that loss of innocence has been maybe taken from you. Maybe it's the loss of security. Remember in 2020, we didn't know what kind of ground we were standing on. Every day from day to day, it changed. And maybe that's your situation today. You don't know what's solid rock and what's not. Maybe it's a loss of financial security. Maybe at one time you were doing real well. Maybe it's because of inflation and things that are happening in the earth today. Whatever it is, maybe it's the loss of physical because of a pain or an ailment. Maybe a sickness that's came on you. Maybe it's just you getting older and you just experienced that kind of loss. But I want to tell you, no matter what pedigree you're from or what class of people you come from, we've all experienced loss. None of us are exempt from the humanity that comes from lost things. Here's the next swing is, thing is this. When I look at the grave and these, these women talking as they're walking up there with these spices. The grave also represents failure. How many of y'all know who's ever stood over the, the grave of failure in their life? I lift both hands, both feet in the air. I've experienced failure. And looking at the text right here, I know this, that these Jews, I know this from history, that these Jews knew that the Messiah, when he came in, he was the king of the jungle. The Bible talks about him being the lion of the tribe of Judah, that he's coming back for you and I as. 
But in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he begins to preach about we're no longer of this world, but we're of a new kingdom. How many of y'all know the Beatitudes? You can't just do that on your own. That's not what the world does. That's because of a new ruler and a new king in your life, and you live of a new kingdom principle. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Think of all the things he said in the Beatitudes. So they knew that he would overthrow the Roman government, and now the Jews would rule inside of the land. But that didn't happen. So now they're experiencing loss. Now it's gone. Even after the notoriety, even after the followers that Jesus had, even after all the things that they saw him do and the miracles that he performed, he told them, he said, I, I've come to die. I've come to lay down my life for you guys. And Peter at one time says this, we won't allow you to do that, sir. Master, we won't allow you to do that. You know what he tells Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. So he knew what he's supposed to do. But you know, I want to ask you this morning, what about you? What kind of failure have you been through in your life? Maybe it's the choices that you've made that you, that you wish you wouldn't have made. Maybe it's failure because life just happened. It was things that were totally out of your control. And you know what I've noticed when failure happens? When it hits, what we go into is we go into the what if. What if mode? What if that hadn't have really happened to me? What if I didn't go to that party and meet that guy or meet that girl and I would be in the situation that I'm in today for 30 years, a mistake that I made? What if I wouldn't have said that? Can I tell you, God's given me the great gift of sarcasm. I've done this many times. What if I wouldn't have said that? Gosh, I can't believe I said what I said. What if I wouldn't have got angry and been controlled by my emotions? What if I wouldn't have lost a job and now lost the income and now we're at this place of bankruptcy? It's all my fault. What if I would have listened to my spouse when she told me she was unhappy? What if I would have listened to him when he told me that this is just not working out for him? What if I would have done something about it then? But here I am now and then the what if goes to if only. If only they wouldn't have walked out on me. If only I hadn't have failed again. All of us in here have experienced failure. And all of us in here has experienced loss. But can I tell you, what I do know is this. Whether you've experienced loss or failure, both of them bring pain. Would you all agree with that? They bring pain. Some of y'all are thinking that right now. I knew I should have went to a different church. This is not encouraging me. This is not building me up. This is just bringing some opening. Did I lose my mic? There we are. It's bringing pain. And how many of y'all know whenever there's pain, what we do is, is, if you have a mind at all, what you try to do is you try to get away from it. And what we try to do is we try to retreat. We try to go to something else. Or you can do, or you do what I've done many times. Rather than retreat from pain, what I try to do is I try to cover it up. And this is where I want to go back into the story of Luke chapter 24. How many of y'all know spices? So I don't know what they come with. I didn't know if they came with potpourri or cinnamon or essential oils. Where's my essential oil people at? All right. Where y'all at? Uh, but... Spices, they brought these spices in here trying to cover up the smell. How many of y'all know we're just like this? What we do is, is we try to cover it up. And all it does is cover the stench in our life. But still, all you can smell is death. How many of y'all have ever been in that house before? Pastor Brandy and I, our first house, one time, uh, um, you know, you put out poison for the mice. And one died in the wall, and you know it's in the wall because you smell it in the wall. And no matter what kind of smell you put in the room, you still smell a dead mouse. At this particular time, these women, the reason they come with spices to come to the grave is because at that time, it's not death like we see, where we embalm somebody, we put them into the ground, and that's where they stay. But at this time, everybody had a burial grave. Families did. And so what would happen is when Grandpa died, they would wrap him in this linen sheet, and they would put him inside of a tomb there. And when he would, his body would decay, what they would do is bring in spices to cover up the smell. And then when it became bones, they would get rid of the bones. And when grandma died, they would put grandma in there. Does this make sense? 
So they were waiting for Jesus. And so what they were doing is just becoming, coming to pay respects to Jesus and cover up the smell of something that had died. But can I tell you, no matter how many spices you put on dead things, it doesn't make them alive. Let's say that one more time. Because you're not getting what I'm putting down here. No matter how many spices you put on dead things, it'll never make it come to life. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You see what I'm saying? Pastor, I don't get what you're saying. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and... I was a youth pastor for many years. And so I have an example I want to show you guys. I got several candles right here. I'm just thinking about this. You... No matter how many spices that you put on dead things, it ain't going to make it smell good. I got a candle right here. Men, you know what a candle represents. Before you come out of that bathroom, I want you to light a candle. Because it smells like something died in there. All right? Can I get an amen from the ladies? I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just being real. All right? But it's the same way in our life. I had them bring me some, I cannot get this thing to work. But we do the same thing. Does anybody have a lighter? <laughs> That's funny. When you ask that in a church, they're like, no, I ain't got one. Oh, look at this guy right here. Come on. Uh, man, I'm going to be praying for you guys today, all right? Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. I'll bring it back to you in a minute. All right, sounds good. I'll keep it. What we do in our life is we, uh, I see this all the times where people, they, they go through loss, they go through failure, and they think that they can get the thing to cover up the hurt or dead place inside of them. You know, I've been a horseshoe for many years, and what people like to do is, is they think, well, if I just get one more horse or one more dog, or one more animal. They're really dealing with something internally. Now, me as a pastor, I would deal with that issue. But as a horseshoer, I just say, yes, keep buying more horses in Jesus' name. Come on. <laughs> Amen, Preston? That's what I would do. But how many of y'all know there's no amount of things, there's no amount of people, there's no amount of cars that can distract you of something dead in your life? So what we do is, is I, I see people do this. They either, they either get the animals or what they do is, is, is uh, I, I see parents now do this with their kids. As they put all this money, they put all their attention into these kids. They take them all over the place. They, 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 they pour so much into them because maybe it was something that they had in their life. And now, really, in all reality, their kids have now become a distraction. Their marriage is falling apart. They're uncomfortable with life, but it's these kids that's going to make this dead thing smell better. Y'all still ain't getting me. We think this, you know what, maybe if I just had a different job with more zeros on the end of it, and I did something different. And what you see is, you see people go from job to job to job, and they're never happy or, 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 or it's always somebody else's problem. It's already somebody else's fault. It's because something has died on the inside of them. And what they're trying to do is find something to make it smell better at a dead place in their life. And I'm just here to tell you, it don't matter how many zeros you have on the end of your check. If you haven't dealt with that dead thing in your life. This won't make you happy. Because the enemy will come and huff and puff and blow your happiness right out. And then you find something else. I'm going to put it right in there. You know what other people do? They said that they have spices. They had smell good stuff. They, they think to themselves, you know what? If I, just, if I just had a different car. If I just had a bigger house. I see it if I just had a different trailer, if I had, a, if, if, if I had different friends, and the whole time, ooh, it smells so good up here. I'm prepared for you guys. I got essential oils right here. 
And this is what we think. You know what? It's their problem. It's their problem. It's not my problem. I just need something else. Can I tell you? I'll say it again. Why are you looking for live things amongst the dead? And it doesn't matter how many candles you light or how much potpourri you smell. Or, or, or spray out there. Dead things are still dead. And what we have is this problem. And this problem is called sin. Listen, it's not to condemn. But it's the reality of all humanity. And this is the gospel message. You can try to cover it. But you can't correct it. Because sin always brings death. Pastor, this is Easter. Yes, it is. And this is what I'm talking about because I'm talking about dead things coming to life. The Bible tells us, Romans 5, 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all. Everybody say all. In the English, it means all. In every translation, it means all. It says all people because all sin. You're like, Pastor, I don't sin, but I do make mistakes. Well, I've heard them all. Y'all don't be judge, judging me today because I'm just going to be real with you. Pastor, I, you know, I, I make mistakes and I'm not perfect. And I would never say that you are and I'm not either. God knows that. And y'all do too. I'm not perfect. But can I tell you, just be real honest with you. We're not mistakers who make mistakes. We are sinners who sin. Because some of your mistakes you planned. Let's just be real. I don't know how I got that 18-pack in here. Can I be real with you guys this morning? Because you know what happens to you when you go down that trail. You know what happens to your family. You know the things that you say that you wouldn't say. I don't know how I got that methamphetamines inside my car. My car just drove right over there on the north side of town. I don't know how this, this, th these drugs got inside of my car. I know how because you planned it. It's not a mistake. It's a plan. It wasn't a mistake when you said, you know what? When I get to the office, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. If she says this, this is what I'm going back with. This is what I'm going to say, and this is... She, mm. Don't look at me like you ain't never done that. This room's full of people that's done that. Listen, that's not a mistake. That's a plan. That's a plan. And that's sin. That's not a mistake when you planned and you, call, you text her and you said, you know what, my wife's going to be out of town on these particular days. And if we meet at this place, you know, let's see where it goes. Pastor, I just make mistakes. No, you sinned because you planned what you were going to do. Are you guys hearing me this morning? Is this too hard? Some of y'all are really thinking, man, I really should have went to that other church. How many of y'all know we need to hear this? And I'm just telling you, you can't fix the sin problem. I'm going to say it one more time. You can't fix the sin problem. I don't care what kind of grandma's grandma you have or grandpappy's pappy's pappy you have. They can't fix your sin problem. A new wife can't fix your sin problem. A new car can't fix the sin problem. A new, new house can't fix the sin problem. A new job can't fix the sin problem. The only thing that can fix a sin problem in your life, his name is Jesus Christ. A new set of government in America can't fix the sin problem that's here. The only thing that can fix a sin problem is Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you hearing me this morning? You know, and what I love about the text is I was reading over this last night. Before they even got to the tomb, what I love about this story in Mark's gospel, chapter 15, is that when these women, these women are addressed by the angels, the angels, Mark says it like this. He says, um, you go and tell the others, but you especially tell Peter. You know, the guy that had denied him three times. He said... You tell him I've gone ahead of him into Galilee. You're like, Pastor, you've, uh, I, I, 
what I, what I read in the text this morning, it was thinking about this last night, that already God was working as they were on their way. And I want to tell you this morning, no matter how deep in sin you are, and no matter how far you think your life has gone, God has already been working in your midst. God knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. God knew the amount of hairs that would be on your head. He knows the amount of sand that is on the seashore. I'm here to tell you this morning, we serve a God that knew that we would have a problem called sin, but he knew that he had to send his only son into the world. He knew that it would have to be born of a virgin named Mary, a miraculous birth coming into this world. He knew that he would have to pay the ultimate penalty for you and I and how he would be raised, the Bible says in Hebrews. Can I preach for a second? I'm excited about the Lord. It says in the book of Hebrews that he was attempted in all ways as man is. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He was tempted in all three ways as man, but yet he didn't give in to any of them. When he would turn 30, blind eyes would see, deaf ears would hear, lame people would walk. He would walk on water, five loaves and two fish would feed 5,000 people. That's the Savior that I serve. Come on. He makes impossible things made possible. What you can't do, he comes into place and does it for you. I'm telling you, he healed the sick. He came to seek and to save those that which were lost. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. When he turned 33 years old, he looked at Jerusalem and knew what he had to do for you and for me. Oh, and he said it is finished and I'm here to tell you you may have failure you may have loss you sin inside of your life and you think that it's way bigger than you and you can't get away of it out of it I'm just here you the gospel tells us this and this is the good news he's already made a way when there seems to be no way something you couldn't do your grandpappy's pappy couldn't do your boss couldn't do your coach couldn't do no matter how much clout you put at what they have changed your life, nobody can change you like Jesus can. Sin has been paid for. So I want to ask you the question this morning, why are you looking for the living one among the dead? But pastor, I can't see God working in my life. It's full of pain. It's full of failure. It's full of loss. I want you to think of it like this. Maybe it's the events in your life trying to point you to the life of Jesus. Because what you're doing now is not working. You're on the merry-go-round and you're on the outside, not in the middle. You get bucked off. And can I tell you what happens is? You may think it's the, the kids or the car or the animal or whatever it is. I'm telling you. That light will always get blown out. But can I tell you what Jesus says? One of his names is he is the light of the world. It's not that you won't experience loss. It's not that you won't experience failure. But the fact of the matter is now you have a hope that he did it back then and he'll still do it today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I love about the text is the women go back and they told the others. Isn't it something that God used the woman? I read some, some commentary about this, that if a woman was before court, if, if a woman was in court and she was the witness to a murder and it was up to her for her to say something about what had happened, they wouldn't even bring the woman before them because a, woman, a woman's witness was not permissible in court. But can I tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, come on, he switched the rules for you and I. That's why I'm thankful for women that serve God. That's why I'm thankful for women preachers and teachers of the gospel. Come on, women, give yourselves a hand today. You're you're the first ministers. But the majority, the 11, says there's no way. We saw the stripes on his back. We saw the crown of thorns on his head. We saw the nails in his hands and his feet. We heard him say, it is finished. We saw him completely die. But Peter, this is what I'll invite you to be like today. I want to invite you to be like Peter. Because Peter, even though he was a little bit gangster, (laughs) cussing people out, cutting off people's ears. Come on, how many of y'all been like Peter? How many of y'all are still like Peter? 
Okay. What I love about Peter is he says this, you know what? You, get, you guys might not believe, but I'm gonna go see for myself. And can I tell you this morning, don't leave this Easter service without saying, Pastor, I need to go and see for myself <laughs> and taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. Second Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Well, do I have to work for this? No, I got good news for you. Romans chapter 10, in fact, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, if we had not been saved by works, but of faith, we've been saved by grace. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is in your heart that you believe and are justified, and, this, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As, as Scripture says, anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that's good news for you and I. It doesn't matter what you've said, what you've done, who you've hurt, what you should have done or what you didn't do. I'm here to tell you we serve a God that will forgive you as far as the east is from the west. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He'll pick you up when you've gone to the bottom. When you're broken, he'll piece you back together. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's Jehovah Sikhanu. He's our righteousness. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Pastor, you speak with such passion because I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Well, Pastor, you haven't experienced loss. <laughs> yes, I have. I've experienced it at, at high, high levels. Well, you've never experienced failure. Yes, I have. But can I tell you, I don't let the loss define me anymore. I don't let the failure define me anymore. I have Jesus living on the inside of me. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But pastor, you know what I get is all the time, but pastor, I've just got to get some things worked out. Thou saith the Lord, that is dumb. Pastor, before I, you know, I really start serving the Lord, I just got to get things worked out. You can't afford to do that. Because the only way you'll get out of this mess that you're in is you need the power of God in the operation in your life. You can't do it without Him. I believe there's four different types of people in here. Everybody say four. Everybody say four. I believe there's four different types of people in here. Number one, you're saved. But wait, you're saved. That means you, you confess Jesus is your Lord. And when you go places, people know you're saved. You act saved, you talk saved, you look saved. You don't look like the world anymore, but you look like Jesus. Do you make mistakes? Yes, you do. Are you not perfect? No, you're not. But you thrive in James chapter 2 to be somebody whose faith in you is, is shown by the actions that you have. That's what you are. You're saved. Then I want to go to number four. There's a four type of people. I'm going to go to two and three in a minute. But number four, you're not saved. You'll say, you know what? I'm not saved. I don't act saved. I do things. Con I, don't, I don't even know the word of God. I don't know any of it. And I'm not saved. Don't want to be saved. Don't look it, don't act it. But then here's the second one. This one right here. Went from one to now number two. Pastor, that's offensive. Yes, number two is offensive, and I'll tell you why. Because you say you're saved, but you don't act saved. You don't sock saved. You don't go places that where saved people go. You don't do things that saved people do. You still look like the world, talk like the world, act like the world, do everything that the world does. And can I tell you, this is offensive to number four. And number four doesn't want to be number one because of number two. 
No, I'm being very serious. I'm not trying to be joking or funny right now. I'm telling you, this offends people. And we're talking about a Christ that is alive. And I'm just telling you, we are in the 11th hour as the church. It's time for us to start acting like it. Then there's the third one. You think you're saved just because your spouse is? Just because you got a bumper sticker that says Jesus is Lord, he's not Lord of your life. You think you're saved because you're... Your granddad was saved. You think you're saved because you come to church. Coming to church don't make you saved. Coming to church don't make you saved. Going to the prayer meeting don't make you saved. Even reading your Bible don't make you saved. And four doesn't want to be one because two and three look the same. Two, he may go to church faithfully. But three, some to time he does. I'm just telling you, this is worse than this. If you want my honest opinion. There's people that's gay today. There's people that's turned their back on the church. There's people that's turned their back on, on Jesus because they can't stand this one. Because this one walks in love. This one walks in the joy of the Lord. This one doesn't walk in condemning. This one has the face of Christ. But this one has the face that nobody wants to see. A hypocrite. I know this is a hard message and you're really thinking, next year we might want to go somewhere else. Listen. I'm just here to charge you this morning because I love you. And I see so many Christians that they're failing in their marriage, they're failing in life, they're failing as parents because they're these people right here. You want to be blessed? You be this one. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to take a good look at your life. Are you two that you say you're saved and you don't act it? Are you three, you think you're saved, but you're not? Or are you number four, not saved at all? Listen, I'm going to invite you this morning. If you've got dead places in your life, this is Easter weekend. This is Resurrection Sunday. You're going to say, you know what, today I'm, never gonna, I'm not going to let loss define me. I'm not going to let failure define me. Today, I'm going to make a decision to follow after Jesus. The problem is sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in order for the problem to be dealt with, God sent his son, the solution named Jesus. And inviting him into your life to be the ruler the master, the savior, the Lord of you. That's the response that you take of the problem in your life. So if that's you, every head bow, eye eye closed. You say, you know what, I'm two, I'm three, or I'm four. I'm two, I'm three, or I'm four. Get your life right with God today. I want to invite you into a relationship with him. So with every head bowed and with every eye closed, you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm two, or I'm three, or I'm four. Two, I say I'm saved, but I don't act like it. Number three, I think I'm saved, but I really don't know if I am. Listen, you would know that you're saved. Number four is this. You're not saved, and you want to get things right with God. I want to invite you. I'm not asking you to become a member of AOL Church. I'm not. I'm asking you to become a member of the kingdom of God. I'm not asking you, like, you know what, if you do this, you got to tithe and give. Listen, that's a part of it, but I'm not asking for money. What I'm asking is for you to be a world changer. Different. So if you're two, you're three, or you're four, just lift your hand up. Who is that in the room? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see hands all over this room. 
I see hands all over this room. So if you got your hand raised and you say, you know what, I'm meaning this prayer. I want us as a body of Christ, let's just lift our hands together with these that have lifted their hands. And let's pray this prayer with them that we've prayed before. Say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I've turned my back on you. But today, I believe that you died, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. Come live in my heart, Jesus. Forgive me. I confess you as my Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, I pray for these right now, Lord, that made this decision today. That, God, there's things in our life that don't look and reflect you. God, I just pray for them. I pray, God, right now, your angel protection round about them. Lord, I just pray today if they've made the decision to stop going after things in their life that are dead already and trying to bring them to life. I pray, Lord, today that they would taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. God, I pray with long life you will satisfy these and show them your salvation. I pray today, God, that old things have fallen to the ground. Behold, new life has budded forth. And so, God, I speak blessings over them. I pray, God, new people in their life that would encourage them. Lord, use us as the church to direct them in the way that they should go. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, rejoice. Rejoice with us. Praise the Lord. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio. Through the website, arenaoflifechurch.org, or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week.